that sucks for <laughs> You didn't realize it was a medical school. You thought it was something else. <laughs> Hello and welcome to today's edition of Chapter by Chapter for Dune. I am your host, Will Cowan. With me is my good friend and co-host, Steve. Hello. It is the end of the week. Yeah. It is Friday. It's TGIF, Willie. TGIF. I'm excited to... Gotta feel lit. Fuck you. I'm excited to get the week done. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a week. It's been a week for me, for sure. It's been a really bad... It's been a really... It's been bad. <laughs> All right. No, it hasn't been bad. I don't know the Dune reference yet, but we can say for our Wheel of Time, for our wheelies, we can say that we've had the, the taint, the dark taint right on us. Yeah. Uh, this week. You know, but it hasn't been that bad. You and I have spent this week just pumping out some Dune content, uh, our conversations about the last five chapters. I think this has gone pretty well for our first week, but I have noticed something different about... covering dune and covering wheel of time dune is a completely different animal like i i I wasn't really expecting this when i a worm even yeah it's a it's a worm it's not really a uh an ogier it's a big old giant flappy worm or a dog man or a dog man (laughs) or a wolf ogre uh troll yep trollic (laughs) i don't know all those things it is a it is a different beast. Like uh, as soon as we start covering these uh, these chapters, I realize that there's a lot to talk about for each of these chapters. Even though these chapters are actually, I think, almost comparably shorter than a lot of the chapters that are in Wheel of Time. I think there are a couple chapters later on that probably will be way longer, way more in depth. But so far, we've dealt with pretty manageable size of chapters. But these episodes are pretty long. It's a- well, Wheel of Time, we we both went into it completely blind, having never read the series at all. That's true. Um, or even really knowing what it was about. Here, of course, you've read Dune uh, several times, and you know many things about it. So you can dump exposition that's maybe not in the chapters. So whereas before we were taking all that... We were literally getting... Uh, going chapter by chapter and now you're fucking up the whole brand because you're throwing in like wikipedia articles into the <laughs> chapters and uh encyclopedias and other sorts of pedias yeah yeah you know what it, it is a different it is a different ball game and i kind of shot myself in the foot that way by having re read the book already uh but i really wanted to cover this book i really do and i re- and I'm, we're gonna finish i did too i really do i really do see and that's just a kind of fun this is kind of the fun stuff we're up to. You're never going to you know? get that in wheel time, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where can I say that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where can I say, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what do we got today? We got chapter five. Chapter five, and you're going to start us off today. Today's your turn to read the chapter introduction. It's a, it's a, it's a dictionary entry, actually. It's very bizarre. So I'm going to leave it up to you, Steve, to figure that one out. It's, uh, it's going to be a doozy. Well, first I would like to say that uh my title that i've that i've titled this chapter is spicy eyes <laughs> oh man that's a phil collins song if i ever heard one what what page is the thing on oh jeez, steve oh great 
<clears throat> All right. You eh? Wellington. Studerd. 10,082 to 10,191. Do you want me to give you, like, the standard? What does that mean? What is standard? What does that mean? Standard. Okay. So, like, here. I'll give you you these words so that you can start from the beginning. And so you know. That's all I need. That's all I need. What about MD? What does that mean? I don't know. I would have just said MD. Uh, it's married. Are these like writer smart people terms? Yeah, these are. This is this is writer smart people terms. These are pretty. <laughs> these are pretty um, universal. This isn't just special to Dune. Listen, I've been alive longer than you. Don't tell me what's universal. <laughs> I've been around a universe. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, I've taken I've shrooms too. To here and back. Let me start again. <clears throat> you eh? Wellington, standard 10,082 to 10,191. Medical doctor of the suck school. Grade standard 10,112. Married, Juana Marcus, BG, standard 10,092 to 10,100. 86, chiefly noted as betrayer of Duke Leto Atreides. What does CF mean? Uh, good question. I didn't even look at that. CF, bibliography, appendix, seven, imperial conditioning and betrayal, comma, the... From Dictionary of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. I'm so sorry for I'm sorry to everyone about that one. That, but, you know, like, it's not a choice, right? Like, we have to do this. <laughs> we have to do it. This is a big part of these books, man. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things here that aren't necessarily universal. I don't know what CF means. BG, I'm going to take a stab yeah, at. Or and... the suck school isn't really something that's universal. It's not your standard education. It's... <laughs> it's uh I believe it's pronounced pronounced the Suk school. Not Suk school. S U K Suk, yeah. What is S O O K then? Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's right. I don't know, man. You're poking holes in all, all kinds of logic here when I'm willing to accept it and just keep going. That's <laughs> what I'm here for to do though. I'm here to poke holes. That's, that is your job. It's, it's it's what I hired you for even though I I don't pay you. So what we've brought here in that in that little uh, entry, which is it's uh, it's funny that this one is from the dictionary of Muad'Dib. So someone has written a dictionary about Paul. Yeah, like a glossary almost. Yeah, because like they were as life. they were as confused as everybody else was when they were reading the story. <laughs> and then this section of the uh, dictionary of Paul lists. Uh, Doctor Uwe Wellington, who was one of the he's one of the he's one of the dads, right? Yeah, he's one of the mentors. Yep. And the thing of note here is that it, yeah, chiefly noted as betrayer of Duke Leto Atreides. So is the note that's coming up again? We don't. I mean, I don't know what he's done, but and also it's, uh, from uh, Gaius Mahalam, 
telling that Paul, Papa Paul, uh, what's his name? Leto. Yeah. That Leto was doomed. Yeah. So it's got to be something to do with Wellington. Yeah, right? yeah, and we've seen a couple chapters start off with... Uh, I'm figuring it out, baby. Yeah, you've got... I'm cracking the, the Dune code. Yeah, it took a couple of, it took a couple rereads of these chapters, but you know what? It's I think... taken weeks, actually. <laughs> my sleeping patterns have been destroyed. I'm not sure what to attribute that to. <laughs> I think it has something to do with Dune, but I just can't sleep anymore. I wake up at bizarre times. Uh, you know, it's a living. I'm living, you know? He's just living. Yeah, I'm not sleeping. Uh, so we've seen that mention that Yui's treachery mentioned a couple of times in different uh, chapter intro- introductions. So it's almost it, it's almost like a spoiler. Like, uh, do, do you think that's giving it away for you? Like, do you think Yui succeeds if everything that tells it from the past, like everything that refers to Paul, like re- refers to? Eh, G- it's hard to say. Like, because here's the thing: is that they know that he betrayed him. So, it's not like he got away with it. It's got free. Yeah. And succeeded and, you know, and nobody found out that he did it. Like, he got caught. He got caught. Or or he was very uh, open about it and didn't really hide the fact. But it seems like he got caught. He didn't succeed. So, maybe he is not responsible for Duke Leto's demise. Yeah. But I don't know. It looks right now... That he probably is in some shape or form. Yeah, totally. Like it, old Beef Wellington. Old Beef Wellington. <laughs> That's what we're calling him now. Um, yeah, totally right. Like we we don't know exactly the the process of what's going to happen. I mean, we're we're going to learn about what happens, but I think in the uh, eyes of history, Yui is not looked upon as as favorably as his companions as like well, especially if his entire dictionary entry says yeah, yeah he betrayed them yeah that's about Every, it though everybody whenever you're being mentioned in the future he's actually a very accomplished player of the battle set <laughs> yeah. i didn't mention anything about that but when he was young he actually played the battle set up until about 15 years old and then you know he fell out of it his parents really pushed him so they kept him in line he had to you know they're the ones that kept him going but then he fell out, you know. Well, he wanted to be doctor. He could have gone, He could have done great things. He 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 wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> He's like, I'm putting the battle set away. I'm gonna follow my dream of being a uh, a, a suck school doctor. <laughs> yeah, you just wanted to go to the suck school. He didn't realize it was a medical school. He thought it was something else. All right, let's get into this chapter. So, yeah, like you said, we're meeting another uh, mentor. How today. would I even got into the chapter yet? We've wasted like ten minutes, minutes, and the. The, oh, man. The, the chapter takes five minutes to read. Well, good thing that we uh, talked about a bunch of nonsense for 10 minutes. That's what we're here for, baby. So, Dr. Wellington Yui enters the uh, the training room where we last seen Paul, but in between the time where Paul has had his uh, exercise with Gurney and where we meet Yui, Paul's had a little bit of massage. He's been laying out on his massage table. Yeah, yeah, delicious massage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you that was too. Noted. Yeah, you read that too, yeah. eh? He was feeling yeah, delicious, felt... deliciously relaxed. What does that even mean? Which, you know, like, I feel <laughs> di- Sometimes I get there, you know. I mean. It's different, though. It's like, uh, you know, maybe after I've 
filled my belly, and I'm laying back mm. in a hot bubble bath, maybe <laughs> a glass of scotch, maybe a hot tea, Ooh. maybe a little smoky smoky. I don't know. That is deliciously relaxed right there. But I feel pretty <laughs> delicious at that point. <laughs> Oh man, that is so good. Uh, so Yui comes in and he's uh, he's about Put to give some po- King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard on the radio. I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> Dude, the picture you're painting is beautiful, and you know what? I might go for something like that later tonight. <laughs> I love delicious. it. Delicious, so delicious. Uh, Yui's coming in to give a very short lesson for Paul. Uh, I'm assuming the relationship between Paul and Yui is much more like teacher student in the traditional sense. Yeah, like, like student counselor. Yeah, like a student counselor type. Like I think Thufir like, like like Paul doesn't really care that much. Yeah. I think Thufir is there for kind of the strategic thinking. Gurney and D- Duncan are there for the fighting and the and the physical uh demands of being I feel a like Gurney's dude. also a cool uncle though. Gurney's you know 100% I mean? a cool uncle. 100% a cool yeah. uncle. That, He's like going to show Paul like some cool music and like give him a cool knife probably at some point. But like, hey, look at this. Don't tell anyone about this. Oh, absolutely. Like, cool worm <laughs> knife. You can kill a worm with this. Yeah. he's got, You know what? Gurney definitely smokes pot and he would give Paul some. He'd be just like, don't tell well, your does parents. He do, does he do spice? I don't think. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't put it above him. From everything that I remember about Dune, I think everybody does spice in a in a way. I think everybody's involved with the okay. spiciness. I think it's just kind of well, like especially a, when you're on Dune, right? Yeah, you can't you can't get away from it. Spice in the air. Yeah, there's spice everywhere. There's spice in the dirt. Spice in spice in the air. Spice in your hair. Spice. Oh. Spice and in the air. Spice in the water. <laughs> so the short lesson that Yui's going to give. Paul is a little bit about a little more about Arrakis and we get to learn a little about the Fremen which is actually really cool I think this is the first time we met we hear in the book about the blue within blue eyes so yeah so the Fremen all have the blue eyes yeah exactly the spicy eyes they got the spicy eyes I call it so So, and that's so much spice so much uh saturation of melange mm-hmm. that their eyes have permanently become this blue on blue yeah totally like a, like a white walker uh i'd say no no well because I this can't... story actually is going to go somewhere right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh no i would say it's a little bit more softer than that like the the sclera of your eye is white and also the iris so you don't you don't see you don't see, but there I think at the same time there are two different types of blue. So you can still see like if somebody's looking at it's not like a full shade of blue over your eyes and you won't be able to see, like you won't be able to see where they're looking at. It's not like a shield or anything like that. I think it's just a a tint of blue and the sclera is blue and the irises are blue. Um, but I don't think they glow. I think I've seen a couple of things in uh, fan fiction media, um, like con- like uh, fan art, even like some of the 
adaptations of Dune, like the miniseries, their eyes glow, and they don't glow. They're like regular eyes, but... Well, I mean, Baron Harkonnen uh, flies around, doesn't he? Baron Harkonnen flies around in the it, movie in one adaptation. So, you know, adaptations are, you know... They're up to for debate. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so the cool... Another cool thing that we learn about the Fremen is a little bit of... We get to learn a little bit about their culture and that there's two types of Fremen. The regular Fremen, like the people who res- that we've reserved the term Fremen for, are the people who live out in the desert. The people who are out in the elements, dealing with it every single day, avoiding worms, living. avoiding storms, uh, and living yeah. in like these giant kind of communes uh, sort of thing, away from regular cities. Then the second type of Fremen are, they they don't use that same term for, Fre- for these people. They don't use Fremen, but they're just the people of the, I think it's called the Graben, the Pan, and the Sink. So I think they're those are just yeah. Different. There was some, I, yeah, I caught that, and it it was what is that? Are they they're like tribes of fremen? I think these are like are they like different factions? I think there's different factions, but the between the two, I think one's more city folk and the other one's more rural folk. I think that's how I'm going to kind of like separate the two. the The rural folk are the ter- are the people that you, you reserve the term Fremen for and the grab and sink and pan Fremen are just like the city folk. You know what I mean? Got it. Right. I just want to say that the term Fremen makes me think of a, like a frog man. Interesting. I think of Morgan Freeman. Do you? I, yeah. I think well, when I hear Freeman, I think of that. Well, cause when I first Fremen. read the book, I pronounced it as uh Freeman. It looked oh, like a Freeman, a Freeman to me. And so when I, so when I read it, I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of Morgan Freemans out there in the desert, just <laughs> slicing worms up, <laughs> just killing worms and dispensing wisdom and advice." Oh yeah, slow but not like knowledgeable voice. Yeah, I, I'd watch that movie. It's kind of cool because the two different groups of Fremen, uh, they value each other in a way, and. Uh, I think uh, Yui even says the people they there's like this saying that you get the sense of of uh, you get the precision of the sit from the city and you get your knowledge from the desert. So whenever people marry, they try to have somebody from the desert and somebody from the city marry. And then when their offspring is born, they they have the best qualities of both different lifestyles. So it's very easy for them to adapt. Another one last thing I want to talk about with Fremen that uh, Yui mentions is their their re- resor- resourcefulness um, and how dangerous they are. Like for, Yui makes a point of saying, like every man, woman, and child <clears throat> on Dune is built to a certain capacity to be dangerous, and they're they're trained from the very beginning of their life to be dangerous people, and they have to think be. if you're surviving there too. You are probably a pretty badass MF. You know what yeah. I mean? Badass MF. Yui says MF-er. here. I'm going to actually uh, read a quote from here. Yui said, "They compose poems with in their. Ha, they compose poems to their knives. Their women are as fierce as the men, 
Even the Fremen children are violent and dangerous. Dangerous. You'll not be permitted to mingle with them, I dare say. They're so dangerous that Paul's not going to be able to hang out with them. Sounds like a broad assumption to me, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you tell a 15-year-old you can't do something, guess what they're going to do? Guess what he's going to do? He's going to go do that. He's going to try to figure out how yep. to hang out with the Fremen. Um, so I think that's really cool. That's our first, like, real talk about Fremen and a little bit about Fremen culture. We're going to get really into Fremen culture, like, later on in this book. So I'll leave it I'll leave it at that. Great. I can't wait. Uh, I know all about the frog people. Uh, there's a little bit of worm talk and just the sheer, sheer size of worms. So there's so many worms on Doom. They don't even know how many do- worms there are. But the size is the big thing. That is, uh, that is the main point that Yui drives home. Is some of them can be as long as 400 meters long, uh, but they can grow larger. Like the, yeah, he's, but, they are, but he's also like they could also be way bigger than that. I don't know. Yeah, like, and they are extremely dangerous for those out there in the open desert. And so, for the Fremen to survive, they have to deal with the Coriolis storms, which we talked about in the last chapter, as well as the worms. And it is a hellhole for them. It's a hellhole. Like he says he that he saw a small that he saw a small worm, and it was one hundred and ten meters long, and twenty two meters in diameter. Jesus, and that's a small worm. That's a small you know? worm. How big do they get? They're probably like thousands. Like that big one in the movie trailer. You've seen it. It's huge. It it looked big. I think there's bigger. I think they'll show bigger in the movie. Is that a little worm? I think that looked like a little worm to me. Little teeny like tiny a li- worm? Little teeny tiny worm. I think they got more up their sleeve. So Worm sleeve. I'm excited. Uh, so that brings us into the second part of the chapter. We get a little bit about Dune. Now comes this part where Yui gives Paul a small little book i guess it's a book but it's like a weird oval or like oblong shaped i kind of want to say thumb drive actually (laughs) yeah i I figured it was like a yeah like a little flash drive or something yeah but instead of uh you plugging it in and then reading the contents on a computer or something like that it's actually like a small book that actually opens up with a little electromagnifying glass I think there's a whole like page and a half of how they explain the the book works. And I don't know how it works. It's yeah, I have no idea. Like it's three times. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that book. I know it's really tiny and there's like an electromagnet that you can use to read it. Uh, But the important thing here is that uh, the orange Catholic Bible is kind of a, it's super weird in it's ah oh man it's just a super weird thing in the dune universe that kind of combines all religions in a way you know it's um uh, it was originally kind of used as a rallying call i might be i might be fucking this up i'm not exactly 100% sure but i'm going to run with it anyways i think it was kind of used as a rallying call for people who wanted to get rid of thinking machines like for the butlerian jihad i think the orange catholic bible was a one of those things that 
really kickstarted the Butlerian Jihad and the end of all AI as we know it. Because like there's there's this one prime. Do you director. think that the Orange Catholic Bible was made with ulterior motives? Hmm. What do you mean? Like to to essentially push the Butlerian Jihad forward. Yep. Yep. I think that I think it is that. I think that is like the prime directive of the book, and even like the when I was doing like my shortish like research on it, like I didn't do too much, but the, the main point that the orange Catholic Bible is trying to get across is thou shalt not disfigure the soul. So I think that also refers to AI, but I think that it all refers to something even more. Does it refer to spice? That's the thing is like, wouldn't it though if it's referring to this because like it doesn't spice change you in a way or like Mm -hmm. even when you think of the reverend mother and we talked about this a couple times about them taking the water of life uh doesn't that disfigure the soul or change it maybe not disfigure but definitely changes it yeah isn't the quizats hadarak something that is inherently changed from what it was before like almost by definition almost by definition so it's very interesting. So I, I think I might have to dig, do a little bit more digging, but I, I'm afraid that I might spoil too much by doing that digging. You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll see which chapters I can throw those, throw that information in there. Yeah. Uh, so he asks Paul to re- like, here you go, read a read a passage from it, and Paul accidentally opens up a passage uh, that was actually Yui's wife's favorite patche- passage. Uh, because he found a notch on the side of the book that I guess he just like that's the it page just opened that he went easily to, to that to that it just page. opened to that page and Paul reads the section for a little bit and Yui goes no stop he's he's like ah oh, I'm I'm so sorry that was my dead wife's favorite my dead wife my dead wife's but the way that they at least in the audiobook, they give it off as hesitant. You know, well, like we all we know that Yui is trying to save his wife, but he's playing this game right now with uh, the Atreides, and he's like throughout this entire chapter, you can tell, like through his inner monologues, he is really struggling with this task, but he has to do it to save his wife. And this task being the betrayal, the betrayal, yeah, yes. Yeah, the inner monologues, uh, he is definitely struggling with it, but I mean, doesn't seem like it's going to work out for him. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah, he, I think Yui is super smart, but from this introductory chapter, he doesn't seem the most put together. Like, he's the first one to have, like, I've seen, like, a, a giant rem- emotional reaction, like th- when Paul was reading y- uh, Wana's yeah. favorite. Uh, verse uh that is the biggest emotional reaction we've seen in a character yet you know everybody's had emotional reactions i think jessica had a little bit of an emotional reaction i think paul has had a little bit of an emotional reaction but they're very even tempered type people this is the first time we've seen somebody go ah like that scene in lord of the rings of bilbo Ah!" (laughs) 
Spooky Bilbo. Spooky Bilbo. (laughs) Um, But that, I think that relatively wraps it up. I think he's like, he asked Paul to hide the book because the Orange Catholic Bible is a pretty valuable thing in the Dune universe. I don't think there's a lot of versions printed on this version of book out there. So if the Duke finds it or if Jessica finds it, they might take it away for the sake of like, preserving it because it's a mm-hmm. it's a valuable thing uh but it's a gift for paul and he wants to keep it he wants to make sure that paul has it uh yui does have a a love for the atreides but is he loves his wife more and that's what it comes down to so. man. i guess and so it, and the chapter wraps up with him going like well your father's going to be coming uh so you better get ready for that and that, I think that's how it is. I'm gonna much. kill him. I'm gonna get him. He didn't say that part, but he's gonna. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna try. But uh, yeah, I guess that uh, that wraps it up. That's chapter five closed, and that's the end of the week. Oof. Yeah, man, we made it. We made it. Well, listen, everyone out there, I want you to have a lovely weekend. And, you know, if you're sitting around and you're uh, on your smartphone, or as I call them, a dumb phone, you know, (laughs) came up with that, Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Chat by Chap. You can check us out on Instagram at Chapter by Chapter Podcasts. Of course, and you can email us anytime, anytime at uh, Chapter by Chapter Podcasts at gmail.com. I don't want to say we've had a few... uh, Lovely emails from some lovely listeners, and uh, I can't wait to speak to be, speak to more of you people. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back Monday for chapter six of Doom.